Philadelphia Eagle fans, Eagles Nation, uh, NFL fans that are tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, welcome to the podcast. It did take me a couple days and really, I'm really not over this yet in terms of the difficult loss and uh, it's in some cases it's even tougher as, as the days go by since Sunday evening uh, when our Eagles came up short to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Losing thirty-eight to thirty-five. Um, as you may have noticed, there was no intro music to today's podcast. Um, that was done purposely because I just want to talk today. It's just about letting the thoughts out about the game, and uh, you know I, I couldn't really have another day go by without sharing my thoughts with you, and so thanks for being patient. I took a couple days to let my thoughts marinate a little bit so I could uh, uh, kind of best give you my, I guess, best share my, my feelings and thoughts about the game in general. If I was to do a podcast right after the game, it would have been, you know, too emotional uh, in terms of, you know, being uh, upset over the you know, late penalty flag that was thrown. Um, we're going to talk about that. Um, it's not the reason why the Eagles lost this game, uh, but it certainly didn't help in that case. So we'll talk about it more. Um, I also will be having a two-segment podcast recap of, of the Super Bowl because I want to bring uh, Matt back on. I tried to connect with him um to get them on, you know, for the entire show, but uh, I'm going to have a two-segment show, so uh, more than likely we'll have another episode drop tomorrow, and uh, we'll bring Matt on for his thoughts, and I just thought it was, you know, right to do that, because, you know, Matt was with us uh, through each preview uh, through the playoffs, and I uh, want to um, give his take and talk a little bit more uh, in certain aspects of the game, um, having Matt on. So uh, so there's going to be, after waiting a couple days to, to hear from me, <laughs> We're going to do a two-segment uh, recap, and this is segment one. Just giving my thoughts. I've got a couple sound bites I want to share. And plus, there's been a lot of breaking news since the uh, Super Bowl as well, impacting the Eagles directly. And uh, because um, since the Super Bowl, we have now lost both our offensive and defensive coordinators. So... Um, and I'll talk about why um, that is 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 really. Um, I know how people think about Gannon, and you guys know my thoughts on Gannon. Um, I shared with him uh, often on the program, uh, and I've got more thoughts on Gannon uh, after the Super Bowl performance defensively. Um, I'm not gonna. I throw a lot of shade at him because overall, I think, you know, he's a, I think overall he's a good coach. Um, I think Steichen's going to be a much bigger loss to this team. But again, we'll dig into that a little bit more, you know, um, either in segment two when I have Matt on here or maybe uh, this podcast here as I, as I dive into it a little bit. So the Eagles, 
do lose a very, very difficult um, game because and I'm going to try to keep my bias aside because as an Eagle fan, it's kind of hard to do that. And it's another reason why I wanted a couple days to to give it some more thought before I came out in front of you and uh, did this podcast. Um, I actually had some, some people reach out saying, can't wait for your podcast. And I, sometimes I think maybe I'll get more uh, listeners after a loss than a win, especially as much winning as the Eagles did this year. I mean, they only lost this one. This is only the fourth loss of the season out of 20 games. So, um, anyway, uh, so thank you as always for being, uh, you know, listening to the program, being with me through the entire season. This is my second season, uh, since I started a podcast. And, uh, you know, we're going to have, Shows periodically through the off season, like I always do, and uh, we'll talk about that when I when I kind of uh, before I sign off with this podcast, as we'll get into or or tomorrow's, um, you know, after we have Matt on, I'll talk a little bit more about what the plan is going forward for the off season uh, for Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. So I'm very interested in hearing, obviously, what you're all what your thoughts are too. So if there's ever a time to email the show, uh, it is now. And if you do it after listening to this podcast, then uh, I could perhaps even answer or address some of the comments that come in uh, when we do segment two with Matt, when we bring him on. So uh, feel free to email us at the show at petwg at gmail.com. Again, that's petwg at gmail.com. And let us know your thoughts on the game. How are you guys doing out there? And I'm talking just to the Eagle fans. Um, not not saying that any other fan can't uh, email the show as well. I'd love to hear from anybody. But uh, obviously, um, you know, I know this is a very tough loss. And uh, being a diehard fan, you die hard. And it's like you have your guts ripped out from you, you know, and you lose a game that ultimately the Eagles should have won. And, and you can talk about the shouldas and couldas and wouldas. That's the tough part of it because no other fan base wants to hear about that, and I understand. But that's what makes this game more painful to me is that I believe the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Uh, But the best team in the NFL doesn't always win. And there's a lot of factors that come into play in the game, and I'm not, again, this is not directly talking about the flag late in the game. I just feel that was unfortunate and... You know, a penalty that should not have been called based on the way the game was being called. That's really my issue with it. You know, it's one thing to throw a flag like that had they been calling the game like that the whole way through. But that's not how they were calling the game the whole way through. They were not calling those type of ticky-tack penalties. Um, And then they decided to call one with just under two minutes left of the game. Which I will be playing a sound by a little bit later because it was a um, another take I wanted to play for the audience and have further commentation on commentation on uh, conversation commentation on the uh, on that call. But ultimately the Eagles lost this game in, in other ways. You know, you can't turn the ball over 
in any game and expect to win. But especially when you're playing in a Super Bowl against, granted, it's always going to be another great team. Hence, that's why they're in the Super Bowl. So, uh, and what makes it, what makes that even harder is the guy who was responsible for that turnover was Jalen Hurts, who played an amazing game for our Eagles. So we're going to look at the positives. And the positives, they're one of the biggest positives coming out of this game is Jalen Hurts. If there's any doubt that we have our quarterback, if there's anybody doubting out there that Jalen's is the guy, uh, you may want to try a different sport because um, I don't think there's any more questions out there to be answered about him. He was phenomenal in the Super Bowl. And I think he probably should have still been MVP of the game. Now, they rarely ever give it to the losing player. And I understand why. It's it's kind of like, just from a cosmetic standpoint, it's going to tick off the team that won. And it's going to make, you know, the, whoever the person was in the team that lost, whoever might have been the representative of the MVP, kind of an awkward situation. I mean, he doesn't want to go out there and accept any award after losing the game. So it makes sense from from both of those aspects to pretty much, unless you have, you know, just a completely dominant performance by a player on a losing team, that they, it always, always goes to the winning team. And so Mahomes gets his, you know, second MVP, and he deserves it too. I'm not trying to say that Mahomes didn't deserve it. Um, he's a, he's an incredible player. And the thing about the thing that makes it probably a little bit easier for me, not that really anything makes it easier. It's probably the wrong word to use, but I don't have any hatred towards the Chiefs. You know, I respect that organization a lot. They have a great team, and uh, if you think about it, you know, after losing who I believe and have said is the best weapon in the entire league in Tyreek Hill. And to lose a player like that and still come and have the successful season that they had, put a team together that they had, and win a Super Bowl now, just my hats are off to them. My hat's off. You know, you just my hat's off to them. Um, and congratulations to our old coach, Andy Reid. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. You know, Andy is one of the keys to the game. One of the reasons why the Chiefs won this game was the adjustments that Reed made and how he absolutely schooled Gannon and outcoached Sirianni. I mean, he just was the better coach in this game, and it's a big reason why the Chiefs won this game was because of Andy Reid and the adjustments made at halftime. Um, but the turnover by Jalen, um, the, the, what makes it tough for me is – um, it was an unforced turnover. It's like the Chiefs didn't do anything to cause that turnover. It was just hurts. You know, the ball slipped out of his hand, and then of course it bounces like right to Bolton, who just picks it up and runs it, whatever it was, thirty yards or whatever, into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, it was as gift wrapped a seven points as you're ever going to see. It wasn't, and that's the thing that's tough. It's like he wasn't sacked. It wasn't even tackled, and lost the ball. He just lost the ball. Just slipped out of his hands, and. Um, that's seven points, seven points, and what ended up being the difference of a field goal um, in the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. So those are the type of things that it's going to – you'll never forget to forget it. 
You just, you just, that's at least me. I'm talking for myself. Um, that's, that's going to kill me way more than the, than the penalty flag at the end of the game. Because we don't know what the end result would have been after that. We just don't know. Would the Eagles have been able to come back and either tie or win the game with a couple minutes to go and a couple touchdowns, a couple, a uh, couple touchdowns, a couple uh, minutes to go. Uh, and, uh, I think it was just under two minutes. They went had a two-minute warning. It's like a minute fifty to go, and and uh, and two timeouts. I mean, the way that the Eagles' offense was playing that game, I think they would have at least got a field goal to tie it, and could potentially have won it. And then if it went overtime, who knows what would happen? We'll never know. And I again, I have a sound bite that I want to I want to play for you about that, and then I'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um. So. Actually, I'm going to get into the sound bites. There's a couple that I have. And the first one is about Jalen. And uh, is from Jalen, I should say. He talked to the media today. And I'm just going to play his comments. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll give my thoughts. I think the, the, the thing that, that I'm most focused on is winning. You know, the only thing I care about is winning and ultimately winning the championship. So um, there will be a day where a conversation can be had, but today isn't that day. Tim, what do you imagine for you the emotional climb will be to get back, you know, after such a tough experience? You know, I, um, you know, I, I call them formative experiences. I call them formative experiences. You know, they're all teachable moments. And you decide whether you want to learn from them or not. I really believe that. And that's something that I control. That's something that every individual in this organization controls and how we want to respond from it and to it. So it's definitely so what now what mentality. And, um, you know, there, there, there's, there's so much um, to be thankful for, so much to give gratitude towards, you know. And, you know, I think you talk about when you when you move forward, um, you move forward after times like this, and I know that I've experienced a number of a number of things in in seven years. It seems like since my freshman year at Alabama. So that was Jalen talking about. He was asked about the contract negotiations, and he said there will be a time to have that conversation. And then, uh, you know, he responded to, um, you know, how he feels the team's going to bounce back from that tough of a loss. So. This is why, you know, Jalen is – he's just amazing. Uh, this is the leader that we want to have running our team, you know, leading our team. There's so many great uh, things to say. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, trying to cue up the, uh, the second soundbite that I have. Um. The response that Jalen had in respect in regards to um, how to recover, he had the right answer. You know, you, you move forward. He's been, you've got to remember, and I forgot about this. He, he went on to talk about it in, the, in that same interview. He was in that uh, Clemson comeback against, uh, I think it was Alabama. He was at. He was the quarterback, uh, I believe, or at least he was the backup quarterback. I remember, I think he was the quarterback though. 
when Deshaun Watson um, scored in the final play. And he talked about that a little bit for the um, college championship. So here's a guy who's he's had so much adversity in his life and has made the best of it, you know. Um, and I have no doubt that he's going to bounce back. I am. I have no doubt. I mean, this is the guy that's going to lead our team. And I wouldn't want anybody else's hands, quite honestly. So, the Eagles will bounce back from this. I know Jalen certainly will. The biggest issue, though, the, the thing that's going to be the toughest for me to get over is it is highly unlikely that the Eagles will be as good as they were this year. we already seen it within two days after the Super Bowl. We've lost our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator. Those changes alone are big. Right? And then the Eagles have, I think, around 15 or 16 free agents. A lot of decisions to be made. From Miles Sanders to Fletcher Cox, some big names. Edwards, our starting middle linebacker. Both of our starting middle linebackers, because they're white. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. James Bradbury. I mean, we're not talking about backups. We're talking about integral starters on this team. Javon Hargrave. Brandon Graham. So this team's, in all likelihood, not going to be as good as what they had on the field this year. Not only that, but they were healthy. I mean, how many times you get to a Super Bowl and you have a fully healthy team outside of Derek Barnett, who we lost in game one, who was basically a rotational defensive end. It was the year to win it all. The other big part of that is you weren't paying Jalen Hurts $50 million a year. So you were able to use the salary cap and spread it amongst the entire team. That luxury will be gone going forward because they have to sign Hertz. He's going to get his extension, and it's going to be a huge one. Deservingly so. I'm not taking any one thing away from the contract Hertz is going to get, but ultimately it's going to impact the team significantly in terms of the talent we're going to have on the field. So this was the year to win it. Not saying that they can't come back and win it next year. They're still going to be a good team, no doubt. But this was the team that should have won a Lombardi. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my tone, I'm trying to keep. <laughs> I know when you listen to a podcast or radio, you try to keep the energy into the show. I think you guys can understand why there's not a lot of energy. I'm trying, I'm trying. It's just as now I'm recapping the game and uh, trying not to fall into a uh, football depression. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It doesn't get that bad. But I'll tell you, that loss hurt, man. I, I, um, 
like I said, I didn't even have any, I don't have any hate for the Chiefs, so it's a little bit like if if we lost, I don't even know if I have money AFC teams that I have like a disdain for. Um, you know, obviously they're mostly NFC because that's what the conference the Eagles play in. I don't know. It's just I mean, obviously this was different because the Eagles have so many connections to the Chiefs, you know, and Mahomes is a player that I've always been a fan of, you know. He, I respect Pat Mahomes a lot. He's a tremendous quarterback, and it's hard not to like him either. You know, I hated Tom Brady because he was a prick and an arrogant ass, and I don't care. I mean, I, I live in I live in Connecticut, so I have to deal with Patriot fans and uh, and they're arrogant fans, they're cocky fans. And all the breaks that Brady had in his career just drive me nuts. So I have a lot of disdain, as great as Tom Brady is, for him. So I'm glad we beat his ass in the Super Bowl. Should have beat him twice. But I don't have any, um, you know, I don't have any spite for the Chiefs or Andy Reid. Um, you know, you got Kelsey's brother who plays on the other team, who was a phenomenal tight end. And will probably retire as the greatest tight end of all time. Yes, better than Gronk. If there's any Patriot fans out there, he's better than Gronk. Now Gronk was great. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think when you look at the numbers and the longevity, I think it's probably going to be the separating point between the two, at least for me, because Gronk just seemed to be always injured. Again, not taking away anything away from his talent. But uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be the greatest tight end of all time when he hangs it up. And the Eagles couldn't stop him at all. And we talked about that, Matt and I, in a preview about him being a key. Now, that's not a reach. Of course, we knew stopping Kelsey was going to be a key. Um, but they couldn't stop him. You know, the Eagles went out and scored on the first drive. And, and the Kansas City Chiefs just answered right back. Marched right back down the field and scored with the Kelsey for a touchdown. So they took an p- opening punch, and they came right back and scored, tied up. Which will lead me to a lot of the conversation about our defense and how bad it was. But we're going to get to that. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about that now. I'm just trying to figure out where to plug in my second little uh, soundbite that I have because it's, well, I guess I'll save it till afterwards because it has to deal with the late flag. So we talked about Hurts and Mahomes, and Mahomes, the Eagles even re-injured during the Super Bowl. There's no doubt that during halftime that they did something, shot him with. He got some kind something to get you know to make that ankle uh, playable in the second half. I'm not sure exactly what it was. I'm not trying to say that he did something illegal or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's no doubt, as injured as he was late in that first half, that uh, that he looked a hundred percent better. And credit to him, man. I mean, this is why Mahomes is is a star. I mean, he's great quarterback, and he was not coming out of that game. He already had a bad ankle. High ankle sprains are very difficult to play in to begin with. I mean, athletes are out usually for, you know, four to six weeks, typically, with high ankle sprains. He didn't miss Outside of a few snaps when he's had to leave a game, I think he missed, missed a couple snaps maybe in the uh, 
in the was it the Bills game, whatever the first round of the playoffs was when he initially heard it. Um, or in the second round of the playoffs, I can't remember when. I think it was the first game of the playoffs when he injured it. Uh, but either way, regardless, um, for him to continue to fight through it just uh, adds to his legacy. And he's already got two rings now, and uh, phenomenal player. I can't speak highly enough about Patrick Mahomes. He's fantastic, but at the same time. We have ourselves a great quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who arguably you could say outplayed Pat Mahomes in the game. Now Mahomes didn't have a turnover that cost his team a touch, you know, seven points. Um, which Jalen unfortunately did, but I mean our quarterback also showed heart, soul, determination, leadership, and his overall athletic ability and skills in our from our side, uh, Jalen was phenomenal, and um, it was a great Super Bowl for the fans. Not so much for Eagle and Eagles fans, uh, because we ended up on the short end of it, and it was just very stressful. It's always a stressful Super Bowl to watch, right? If your team's in it, you can't like sit back and enjoy a Super Bowl. Um. I had so many people reached out to me saying, oh, it was a great game. What a wonderful, entertaining game. I'm like, yeah, it was. But you don't want to hear that when your team ends up on the short end of it in the end. Um, I have still, from the 2004 Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, I've never rewatched that game. That was another game. The Eagles lost a Super Bowl by a field goal, three points. Three point loss to the Patriots back in 2004. I have yet to this day, that was almost 20 years ago now. I have never rewatched that game. And I will probably, probably never rewatch this game. I think there's a better chance of me rewatching this game at some point than the 2004 Super Bowl. But I really have zero interest in rewatching that game. Just do. It's just the way I am. You know, so we talked about some keys to the game, Matt and I. And Matt did say that he would take the ball and set a precedent. You know, he said, "Look, I, I want to take the ball." When I asked him, uh, for, as far as a coin toss, do you want the ball or do you defer? And Matt said, "Let's take the ball and run it down their throats, or you know, score or whatever." And so Matt was. Um, That's what the exactly what the Eagles did. I mentioned during the uh, analysis, the pregame, that the one guy that scared me was Pacheco, even though I was calling him Pacio. After after listening to the podcast, sometimes I'll listen to um, the show uh, a day or two after I uh, drop it, is, you know, I'll listen to the show, just kind of critique it. And I'm like, man, what an idiot. <laughs> I was calling him Pacio the whole time. Uh, what a jackass. Um, hey, if you can't laugh at yourself, right? So, you know, I did make an editor's note in the podcast uh, episode. I wrote in there, yeah, I, I, understand, I know that I was mispronouncing his name. I won't ever mispronounce his name again, Pacheco. But I, the point is, I said that that guy concerned me. That I loved his running style, love how he runs, and he concerned me. And you know what? Rightfully so, man, because Pacheco was tough to stop. Just looking over some of the game notes. Um, Pacheco ran for 
Yeah, he only had five carries. <clears throat> that surprises me. Am I looking at halftime? Oh, okay, first half summary. I'm like, there's no way he just had five carries. Um, trying to find the uh, game stats here. No offensive stats. All right, here we go. So Pacheco had 15 carries for 76 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, and, of course, he had a touchdown. Um, I knew that guy was going to be dangerous, and he definitely was. And even McKinnon had four carries for 34 yards. Where the heck was the Eagles' run defense? Where was the Eagles' defense? There's there's a fall to be made in this game. It's not the offense. Our offense scored enough points to win this game. Not much to complain about the offense. Where was our defense? No show. It was almost a complete no show. They could not stop, especially in the second half. They couldn't stop Mahomes at all. That's why I don't know if the game went overtime if the Eagles would have won. Because their defense couldn't stop Mahomes and Kansas City the second half. Every time they had the ball, they scored. Easily, too. Like, it wasn't even a challenge. They just moved the ball up and down the field against their defense. This team that we talked about, 70-plus sacks, one of the and the potential to break the all-time record for sacks in the season, not a single sack. Now, Andy Reid deserves a lot of credit for that. With the pat with the game that they game plan that they had to get Mahomes and, and get the ball out of his hands quickly. That was part of it. Definitely part of it. But he was not even sacked once the entire game. Just unacceptable. And then our secondary, the two touchdowns that they had in the in the second half, on the same play, they just reversed the field. You know, versus the, uh, it was on the opposite side of the of the field. Yeah, you know, the, the first one was to um, Tony. Same exact play, which we found we found out was the same play back earlier this season in week three against Jacksonville. Doug Peterson ran this with uh, Agnew. The sort of um, gadget player that is out of Jaguars, when he just faked doing a, uh, a motion, you know, motioning across the field, stopped, and then just going out into the flat, wide open, scored a touchdown. That was the same exact play that Andy Reid ran against the Eagles in the second half. One of the adjustments that I'm sure that he made, or he just had that in the playbook, probably just had it in the playbook to use at some point. But he ran it on the right side. Scored with Tony, wide open. Slay, nowhere to be found. Easy touchdown. Walk in. And then later in the game, for the game tying touchdown, they just run it on the opposite side, over to the left, and it hits Sky Moore. Walks in. Easy touchdown. Nobody on him. Same exact play. And that's where... Jonathan Gannon needs to take a lot of blame because didn't make any adjustments. Uh, and was scored on the exact same play for critical touchdowns. Now, the Chiefs might have scored on a different play. The fact they scored on the same play, just reversed it on the, on the field. 
it's just to me, it's like, what are you doing, Gannon? You know, you got to make adjustments. You can't allow it to happen again. And it happened again. So defense deserves a ton of blame for this. And the Eagles, that turnover early, that cost them seven points, just a killer. Killer. And I knew when it happened that that was going to come come back and bite the Eagles. I knew it. I mean, unless they had way more than just 10-point lead at halftime or in the game, I just knew that that seven points that they gave up was going to come back and haunt them. And it did. That was a difference in the game. But I'm not going to say that Hurts lost the game because the way he played, they would never been in a game. But that, you know, fumble and return ultimately was a difference in the game. The time of possession in the first half, and this is where this game should have been at least, of course, without the turnover, it would have been a minimum of 24 to 7 going into the half. And that's really what it should have been, 24 to 7, at least. I mean, who knows if the Eagles might have scored in that drive that they did turn the ball over. I don't know. We'll never know. But let's just say at minimum, the Eagles should have had a 24 to 7 lead going into halftime. But they didn't because of the, you know, the turnover. They had the ball for t- almost 22 minutes. They had the ball for 21 minutes and 54 seconds in the first half. The Chiefs had the ball for eight minutes and six seconds. I mean, the Eagles really, outside of that turnover, had one of the most dominant performances. They were dominating that game, dominating that game, which makes the loss all that more painful because the Eagles were absolutely dominating the game. There's no other way to say it. Hertz, at the end of the first half, had 183 yards passing and a touchdown. And that's passing. Rushing, he had 11 carries for 63 yards and two touchdowns. Hertz was dominating the game. Uh, Devontae Smith was dominating the game. You know, Smith in the first half had six uh, catches for 55 yards. And our boy A.J. Brown had three catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Go to that 45-yarder. They're dominating the game. Absolutely blown out the Chiefs. Totally different story in the second half, obviously. Um, so, again, credit credit the Chiefs, man, for making the adjustments at halftime and coming out ready to rock and roll, you know, with Paccio. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Pacheco. And Mahomes. Smith-Schuster had a good game. You know, Kelsey was, you know, six catches, 81 yards. Touchdown. Just dominant again. Kadarius Tony, The guy the Giants just let go during the season. Chiefs picked him up. He played a key role. Not only in the touchdown that he had, but their special teams ended up coming up short at the worst possible time. You know, the... Punt return by Kadarius Tony down to like the three yard line. I mean, you're not going to hold the Chiefs out of the end zone when they get down to the three yard line. So that was that punt, Sipas, who the Eagles gave the, which I actually agreed with. So I'm not going to complain about it now. I would have done the same thing because Kern was not showing anything 
you know, while he was replacing Sipas uh, with injury, he really was not all impressive. So the Eagles give Sipas the start, not having played in a couple months. And it was a costly decision. Ended up being the wrong decision. But I'm not going to complain about it because I would have done the same thing. So, But that was a terrible punt, low line drive, only went like about 40 yards. And uh, Kadarius Tony brought it all the way down to the three-yard line. Killer. Killer play. So the other part of this, other than the defense, and this is a guy that you guys know I have had his back from day one, and that is Miles Sanders. No show. Complete no show. In fact, the Eagles running game, this dominant offensive line that we know they have, nothing. Nothing from Miles Sanders. Nothing from Gainwell. Um, pick the worst time to have a bad game because Miles Sanders, you know, I you guys know that I want I want the Eagles to keep him and resign him, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen now. I still would bring him back, but I'm not so sure now. I really don't. Seven carries, 16 yards from your number one back in the Super Bowl. I know he was banged up. He actually got injured on their first play of the game. Uh, I don't know if it was the first play of the game, but it was the first time he touched the ball in the game early on. It was like the first second play of the game. It definitely wasn't the uh, opening series. When he caught that, when he um, ran the ball and he ended up being pushed out of the, out of, the uh, out of bounds. I think he injured his hand or something because he he was out of the, he, he didn't come back in the first quarter until late after that play. So whether he was dinged up or not, he did come back. And once you come back into a game, you know what? You got to play. And seven carries, sixteen yards is not going to cut it, man. So I was down major on Sanders. Gainwell, not much from him either. Seven carries, twenty-one yards. I mean, the Eagles suddenly couldn't run the ball. Boston Scott three carries, eight yards. I mean. Credit to Kansas City's defense, completely shut down the Eagles' running game. Except for Hurts, who, you know, had three touchdowns rushing and 70 yards. But, I mean, where the heck was their running backs? Total no-show. You know, Devontae Smith had 100 yards receiving. A.J. Brown, 96 yards. Goddard had some huge catches in the game. 60 yards. I mean... Our our passing game was there. J1 was on the money. Passed for over 300 yards. But no running game whatsoever. Yeah. So that's why we lost. That's why we lost. Not the flag at the end of the game. But I'm going to get to that right now because I want to play a soundbite from one of the most uh, – world-renowned sports talk show host, Mike Francesa. Um, hopefully most of you guys know who that is. But if not, he's the uh, New York Sports Hall of Fame broadcaster. Uh, no longer has a program. He used to work on WFAN Sports Radio for many years. Mike and the Mad Dog, you may have heard that. So he's the Mike from Mike and the Mad Dog. He has his own podcast. And I just wanted to share his thoughts on the call, the flag at the end of the game, and uh, what somebody who's got no skin in the game, he's a Giants fan, 
um, but obviously uh, a huge voice uh, in the uh, in the sports talk world. And so I wanted to give you his take on the late flag um, that was called in the game and uh, what Mike said. So here he is. Number one, I can't deal with games being decided by official flags. This game had a chance. Now, if that play goes through and they let that third down stand, and they don't throw the fan, you know, the, the hold, which was it borderline? Yes. Was it automatic? No. Didn't have to be cool. Now, think about what it did to the game. You would have had a game where Kansas City would have been kicking off up three, and the Eagles would have had almost two minutes and a couple of timeouts. And they would have been able to, would have been, at least one timeout, they would have been able to take a shot at tying the game and maybe winning the game. We would have had an all-time classic. We were headed there. Hurts had played great. Mahomes had played great. They overwhelmed in the second half. And instead, we get two minutes of ho-hum, Let's let the clock run out. The Eagles try to let them score. They are too smart to score. They they go and take the knee on the one. They let the clock run down. They kick the uh, the extra point field goal with eight seconds left, and the game ends. And instead of great drama and who knows, maybe a classic finish of all time, we are left with nothing in the last two minutes. After just killing the drama of a great fourth quarter. A back-and-forth fourth quarter. Two young quarterbacks going back and forth, dominating their defenses and doing an incredible job. So that's Mike Francesa uh, from the Mike Francesa podcast. So check him out. I want to give him his proper credit when I'm using his soundbite on the program. But I thought it was an interesting take and one that I agree with. Again, not going to make excuses. That's why the Eagles lost. Not saying that. But I think he makes an excellent point that, you can't or you shouldn't throw a flag. You got to have an understanding as a referee. Was it that blatant of a penalty to call at that critical of a time and ultimately prevent the Eagles from having a shot? And also, you're eliminating the fans, the audience that have tuned into this huge game, Super Bowl. Of an ending. You ended the game throwing a flag. And it's not like Bradbury pulled the wide receiver down or even held on to him longer than a half a second. So to end the game on a tick-tack call like that, you can't do as a referee. You can't. You can't. And it was an uncatchable pass. That's the other thing. It's not like the pass was close. That did not prevent him from catching that pass. That's my take. And I agree with what Francesca said. So I wanted to share that with the audience. And, and uh, you know, I, I think he's right. I think he's right. And ultimately, um, you know, it robbed the Eagles from having a chance. It robbed the audience from seeing a what could have been a dramatic 
final. Whatever the Eagles may have been able to do there, either tie the game and go to send overtime or even win it. That's uh, ultimately what makes the, the the loss even even more difficult because we'll never we'll never know what the Eagles would have done if they had gotten that ball back after finally making a stop because they weren't able to stop the Chiefs the entire second half except for them and uh, and then there was a flag. Uh, so. No music in the program. No opener. I'm not even going to close out with any music either. Um, but I will say this. I am proud of the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. This is probably the best Eagles team I have ever seen. In my, you know, if I want to count that I really became a fan when I was about eight years old, eight or nine-ish. You know, you're talking 40, 41 years as an Eagle fan. And we probably have had better defenses. Actually, we have had better defenses. Um, you know, with the Buddy Ryan days, with Reggie and Clyde and Seth and Eric Allen and all those guys. Those were still the best defenses we ever had, um, in my opinion. But this is definitely the best offense the Eagles have ever had. And uh, and they had a really good defense, obviously, with the record-setting or almost record-setting uh, number of sacks. And they were ranked number two overall. I just don't feel like Gannon, you know, could stop good quarterbacks. And we're going to talk more about that. I think, you know, Matt and I will, uh, in, in segment two of this recap, when I bring him on, and, and uh, for those of you who may, um, you know, just make another – Note uh, is that we'll have a second um, post-game review or podcast uh, dropping tomorrow when I bring that on, hopefully. Um, so expect that. And we'll talk more about, you know, the coaching changes, um, some of the free agents, and we'll get Matt's take on, on the game and his thoughts on, on the, you know, the Super Bowl. And the changes with Steichen and Gannon both leaving. It's just that's the toughest part of it, like I said, is this was the team that needed to bring it home um, because it's going to be a very different team next year. And we already are going to have two new coaches in key roles. And... Uh, just feels like uh, an opportunity that we wasted. And that's the part that's the most difficult to, I don't know. That's the most difficult thing to, I guess, understand or just come to a conclusion with because they are the better team. I mean, you're not going to ever convince me that the Eagles were not better than the Chiefs. But the best team doesn't always win. You got to still go out there and execute. And uh, the Eagles had the critical turnover. And the second half, no answers in defense. Credit the Chiefs. 
They're a great team, no doubt. Um, they deserved to win. They did more than we did. But uh, the Eagles shot themselves in the foot and blew an opportunity, really. Um, but I feel that with Jalen, especially offensively, the Eagles are in a good good place for next year, even if they don't bring Miles back. Um, I think they'll have enough, you know, running, whether they draft somebody or, you know, use Gainwell or bring in another free agent. I don't know. You have to be a scene. Who knows how much money's out there for Miles to get with all the other free agent running backs that are out there. Maybe they could still keep him, uh, bring him back on, on a lesser contract than he's expecting right now. Again, a lot of things to, to talk about for this offseason. But the Eagles had this game. They had this game in hand and let it slip away. So we will talk about it more when we bring Matt back on for segment two. So look out for that. Thank you for listening as always. We all bleed green. And as diehard fans, man, it's tough. It is tough. You're proud of this team. We have a lot to be proud of. Um. This was a fun season. They gave us a lot of joy and excitement. But at the end of the day, we're not able to finish. And that's the most difficult part. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow, segment two. We'll bring Matt on. We'll dive into this a little bit more. Until then, thank you for listening as always. Please like, subscribe. Follow the program so you don't miss any future content. We'll get through it, Eagle fans. But until next time, which, again, hopefully will be tomorrow, (laughs) we'll talk to you more then. Uh, Thank you for listening to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And we'll be back with segment number two, which will drop tomorrow. So make sure you don't miss that. Until then, have a good one. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks again.